I see every shoot as an opportunity to um, take photos in a way that I haven't yet. Mm -hmm. I, I try to do that with every shoot. And I have found actually that just becoming technically better and well-versed in many different situations as mm -hmm. making me better mm -hmm. uh, um, as a fine artist. Mm -hmm. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. We're here with Kate Opperman. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks I'm coffeed. You're coffeed? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> we just got done photographing all the books. Now we're going to have a conversation. Hopefully interesting. Tom? I, okay. Well, <laughs> you're leaving it to me to make things interesting? Well, no, we're leaving that to Brett. No, I just right. dropped the bike. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he just dropped No, 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 no. You're, see, you're, you're all good because all three of us are not very interesting. That's why we always have to bring interesting guests on. <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, so... I was going through your work and there was, you just were in Bangkok. Yeah. Right. And I saw you did a little interview. Was it on PDN, I think? Yeah, was there was, else? yeah, there was one on PDN and there was one somewhere else. But yeah, so I was in Bangkok about uh, actually a year ago, like maybe today. Oh, wow. Yeah. More recently, I was in China. But um, the Bangkok things have sort of resurfaced after the China stuff. Right. I think I do. Yeah, I do have a quote from China as yeah. well, too. Mm -hmm. But I think I, I wanted to start. I had this, sure. this quote from, from Bangkok. And it's like, I photographed a lot of things in Bangkok because so many things interested me. Thailand is such an amazingly efficient and sophisticated place. Everything from grabbing lunch to their transportation systems are just perfectly crafted. I was really interested in that cross between Thai culture with Western influence and the effects of international tourists. Bangkok is a balance of old and new, and I really wanted to look at that closely. The grouping of photos I've edited down shows both traditional Thai culture and the markings of Western influence, for better or worse. So you were in Thailand. Thai, mm -hmm. You went there to work on a job, assisting. Yeah, yeah. And you just took the opportunity to yeah. go and make a lot of personal photos. And that's, it seems to me like that's, you have your commercial editorial, but mm -hmm. really at the core of what you do is these like, traveling and being out yeah. and out in the world and exploring and yeah. you're a Mamiya 7 mm -hmm. cult member as well too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. there is that certain, I don't know, you know, editorial travel kind of like vibe that goes through all of your work. Yeah. What is it really that draws you where you, you have to get on the road or outside of, you know, your immediate environment to... Well, it's actually really hard for me to shoot in New York. Mm -hmm. It's, I feel like it's hard to, um, and actually I have a few friends who feel similarly, but um, it's hard to be in New York and not take a New York picture. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, uh, even Brooklyn is iconic now. Mm -hmm. Like everybody mm -hmm. sort of, you, maybe you've never been to Brooklyn, but you know what it looks like mm -hmm. and you know, you know, all the street signs and the trash cans. It's like, it's, it's hard to take a picture that doesn't scream like, I'm a photographer living in New York. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I just, for as a result, I'm just kind of uninspired here a lot of the time. Or at, when I'm here, I'm sort of figuring out, maybe starting to do research on something somewhere else. Um, like here, I feel like I'm working on photos that I took somewhere else or they're a job or whatever. But um, New York is kind of like a place for me to think creatively but not take pictures, um, which is hard too. Um, uh, but yeah, so... Uh, last year, around this time, I started assisting um, Thomas Pryor whenever he would travel. Mm -hmm. um, so 
he does a lot of like really big uh, commercial jobs. And so whenever he uh, leaves the country, I usually go with him. Um, So yeah, that was the first time that we worked together like professionally um, was Thailand. And then later on in the year, we went to Singapore. um, And then most recently I made some personal work just on my own in China. But Mm -hmm. yeah, something about like being outside of my comfort zone forces me to like pick up a camera again. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that was like Thailand was um, like a photographer's dream, especially Bangkok Mm -hmm. was sort of a photographer's Mm -hmm. dream because like everything's so colorful and Mm -hmm. different and yeah. And I read you said you wanted to take some night photos, but since you're shooting film, yeah. 400 ISO, yeah. that's kind of tough on the oh, yeah. uh, with the Mamiya. Yeah. So what, it seems like, uh, you know, did that kind of next next time you go back, do you guys yeah. plan on shooting at night? or That what? was like the worst mistake I ever made. Because <laughs> um, th- Bangkok is like a, a, a night city. Mm-hmm. So it, actually everything is lit uh, almost like a film set. There are like mm-hmm. these fluorescent bulbs everywhere. Um, and because it's so hot in the day, everyone's out at night. And it's just, that's like the most beautiful place mm. that I've ever been is Bangkok at night. And mm. um, it was just so, so disappointing because I had 400 film mm-hmm. and a Mumia 7. So I, I went to the mall and I bought this literally $5 tripod and it broke <laughs> while, I was wearing, while I was using it. And I, I did get some stuff at night, but mm-hmm. that is ultimately what convinced me that using a digital SLR needs to be part of my practice outside mm. of work, mm. like outside of work, work, like mm-hmm. shooting editorial. Um, so I came back, I sold all of my Canon stuff mm-hmm. and I bought all Nikon stuff um, for two reasons. One, because Tom like really convinced me mm-hmm. that this like D810 was the place yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was one reason. But the other reason is um, I sort of felt like I needed to change up my tools. Mm. Um, I had this association with my current DSLR gear that that was work and not like play. Mm-hmm. So uh, the second and perhaps the most important reason, because obviously your camera equipment is not what makes you, it's your tool. Right, um, right. But yeah, the more important reason I think was just like I needed to change my tools in mm-hmm. some way that made it feel like this is not um, a job, this is this is me like yeah. using a tool that I feel comfortable with to make art. Yeah, it's whole. I mean, I don't, we're not, we're not beyond, yeah. we're not beyond geeking out over <laughs> yeah. cameras and tools mm-hmm, on this show. Mm-hmm. We don't, it's actually one of my pet peeves is like a lot of times people, especially on the fine art, you know, it's like, I get it. No, anyway, you can make a great yeah. photo or book with any camera, but the cameras behave mm-hmm. differently mm-hmm. and like they result in different images. Yeah. So if you're not thinking deeply about that, then you're not really thinking. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So it is, to me, it is an important, and it's interesting that a lot of people go from, the Mamiya 7 to the D810 or the mm-hmm. 800 mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, where everyone feels comfortable. Yeah. Um, just because of the sensor. And then, you know, you're talking about the Sigma lenses mm-hmm. before as well, yeah. too. Yeah. Which is, it's interesting. I'm, uh, I don't know if I can do it, though. It's just, like, there's yeah. something about the Mamiya 7 and with, like, yeah. the, you know, I have getting the, the 10 I have the work you know? camera, the play camera. Mm-hmm. Like, I usually work with a Canon mm-hmm. 5D Mark III. Right. But, uh... I don't really carry that around with me. It's heavy, so I yeah. usually have a Fuji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, speaking of, like, when I, I... So I went to China to make some personal work um, about two months ago, mm-hmm. and 
that I made an executive decision to not bring a film camera mm. for the first time ever. Um, and that was hard. It was really <laughs> was hard. Say, yeah. And I made a huge, I made, I committed like a cardinal sin and I, and it has forever messed up how I, how I see the China work. Uh-huh. What I did um, was, you know, obviously I had to like uh, dump cards into my computer. Uh-huh. And instead of just being like, the card is dumping, I'm going to go do something else. I was like looking through the photos, oh, no. which is like, so stupid. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. now I, I had seen it maybe three hours after I shot it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's so unnatural to, to me, I think mm-hmm. to a lot of photo- yeah, a lot of yeah. photographers who shoot Film, personal yeah, work, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, not just like, uh, you know, as a job. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even jobs, I don't like looking at them right after I mm-hmm. shoot them. But, um, and as a result, when I look at the work now, I actually like feel nothing <laughs> when I look wow. at it. <laughs> like it's it's funny because like uh, cats out of the bag. Yeah, yeah, I feel nothing when I look at it because it w- there was no magic to it. Mm-hmm. You know, film is so magical, mm-hmm. and even even if you're shooting digitally, it's like give it a little time. F- maybe mm-hmm. forget about what you shot or like being there an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's. You know, shooting digital is it can be done right uh, if you if you if you treat it as if it's film. Yeah, it's interesting that you focus on not necessarily like what the raw files look like or any yeah. of that stuff. It's actually the process mm-hmm. of like how it yeah. messes with the process. And I try not to throw my stuff up right away. And yeah. like even I think to me to alleviate that is to have so many photos where it's like I'm not gonna deal with this. Yeah. So like there's just something so you can put it off for mm-hmm. like a few months. Like I can't. I'm not gonna yeah. edit these. I gotta be in the right mood. But it is on the film. It's like to me, waiting like the few months and mm-hmm. then getting it because then it's always like oh, I don't remember like the five best photos of the five. Yeah. I don't even remember. There's like, like maybe a couple that have stuck in your mind. Like I really want to see what that one's gonna look like. Right. But most of the ones in between, you can't remember what you shot. Yeah. And there's, it's so magical to see right. them again. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something to that. I don't I don't care what anyone says. Like yeah. that's part of mm-hmm. that working process that I'm just I don't know. I can't I can't give it up. Yeah. But on the other mm-hmm. end, I need to shoot with a digital point shoot because I'm addicted to taking yeah. a lot of photos. So, yeah. you know. Film yeah. makes you try harder, but you can try more things with the digital. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't need, even when I'm shooting digitally, I'm like I'll maybe three or four shots at something if I do if I'm like if I gotta sit there and try to do I'm like it's not I'm not gonna get a good yeah unless it's really 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 worth it and you have to get it right but normally like the deeper I go the more I shoot it I'm like I'm not this is just getting worse I'm not making better decisions (laughs) here yeah so I don't I try try to limit that not like Eggleston who just takes like one photo and it's done yeah it's I that's why I love contact sheets I love looking at other people's Mm -hmm. contact sheets um for so many reasons, but that's one of mm-hmm. them. You realize, like, oh wow, this is such a beautiful picture, and you you spent like one second on it. Right, yeah. right, right, for sure. Yeah. So in front of us, we have Sea Blues. It's a book you made, and mm-hmm. this was you went with fellow photographer Yale mm-hmm. Malak. How do you say? Yale Malka. Malka. Yeah. Every single time. <laughs> Brian can't and pronounce it. <laughs> We're going to have a Bill Smith on here someday. Yeah. I'll just totally yeah. mess it up. Yeah, Elle is, it's hard for everybody, actually. We, um, It's a Hebrew name, mm-hmm. and people we went to school with and have been friends with for like seven years still mm-hmm. can't really mm-hmm. say her name. Mm-hmm. So don't so, worry. So this was on, you guys took a, you took a backpacking trip. 
It was Turkey, Morocco, and parts like of like nine Europe. European countries. Wow. Yeah, we. It, this was like um, a year or no, not a year and a half. A month and a half after we graduated from mm. Pratt, we were both in photo. Uh, got our BFAs in photo at Pratt, mm. and um, we yeah we went backpacking for three months and uh, took a ton of film with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of felt like that was like our one opportunity out of school to like not make any plans, you know, like before getting a job, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like use all of the money that we saved up working at right. the photo lab in school. Um, and yeah, we just went traveling for mm-hmm. three months. Was it your first time out of the States or you'd been out before? No, we had both yeah. been out before. She also like, she mm-hmm. had lived in Israel for a year and a half mm-hmm, and had mm-hmm. traveled a lot mm-hmm. in and around Israel um, and in the Middle East. And I had traveled before, but never for this long. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was amazing. It was the best memory of my life, but also like Really, it was one of the hardest things that I've mm. ever done. Just yeah. it was exhausting. <laughs> Living yeah. out of a yeah. backpack yeah. gets old after like oh four my God. days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, and it's funny because when when you think about travel, like you look back on it so fondly, but and you can't remember how like sometimes when you were in it, you're just like, I hate yes. this. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just want to be outside of the yeah. an airport in Paris. Uh-huh. Because I th- just assumed that you were able to sleep in airports, but it was one mm-hmm. of those Ryanair EasyJet, fifty miles outside of Paris, yeah. and they kicked us all out of the airport at twelve. Oh, oh it, wow! It was super wow. cold. I just like huddled. I put on every single article of clothing that I had in my backpack and just waited for six hours. Oh outside. my god! Wow. Yeah. It's terrible. It's but hard. now it's it's a fun. Now it's a fun. Exactly. Like yeah. one night we were we, you know, we had to sleep. Uh, on the floor of the train station in Barcelona and that wasn't fun at all and it was actually like kind of scary we had like all of our stuff Mm. with us like expensive cameras and whatever and yeah did you have credit cards? um yeah because that that would be like (laughs) that'd be the danger for me it's like I have this credit card and like this isn't real money your hotel some weird denominator. I don't know how much this is going to cost. Yeah. I don't care because well, I'm going to be sleeping in comfort. You know? Actually, actually, it it became one of the luckiest things that ever happened to us mm-hmm. because um, we were we were like planning on you know sleeping there and we were using the uh, McDonald's Wi-Fi that we got kicked off every thirty seconds <laughs> and then you, to log back on it took like two minutes. Wow. So it was like the worst situation like to try to figure something out. We didn't have like international data plans or anything like that. So I emailed my mom and I was like, uh, just so you know, we're here. Um, like we don't have anywhere to stay. We're just on the bar, like on the floor in Barcelona. And we have this neighbor at home whose brother lives in Barcelona. And my mom ran next door and, um, was like, Hey, is your brother around? Like, can they like just crash there for the night? And he's like, turns out he's like a millionaire who lives, oh. he, he lives in Barcelona and was out of town. And his wife emailed us and was like, oh, our driver is going to come pick you up and meet you at this place. So it's, you know. This story took a turn. It yeah, took, exactly. exactly. It, it took, it, it, yeah. And, you know, it was just like a silly thing that happened, but. He's like, let me buy all of your prints. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm a collector. Yeah. yeah. So I want to read, I just want to read, you guys have a nice piece of text here. Mm-hmm. And So what emerged from the photographs became evidence of each, uh, each of our perspectives on our own relationship between one another, comfort and discomfort, curated experiences versus self-created ones, and expectation versus actual experience. Now that's a loaded sentence if I have ever read it, mm-hmm. read one. So 
your curated experiences versus your self-created ones. So there's a lot of portraits in here of each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I read another interview here where you started to set them up. Mm-hmm. Was it like you weren't really comfortable with the candid nature of it and you felt wanted more control over the way it was depicted or what was the decision to kind the, of make it a little bit more? Actually, the where we sort of came up with that um, idea and that wording actually mm-hmm. had to do with um, when when you're traveling and like you're in places where there are a lot of like historical landmarks Mm -hmm, and things mm -hmm. like that, where eventually we just decided we're not going to go to another museum for the Mm. whole time that we're here. Or like, we're not going to go to another place that we're supposed to go because Uh we're in this city. Um, And we started thinking a lot about like uh, being in, being in a tourist space. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are not actually really able to create your own, concept Mm -hmm. of what this place is or what it means to you. You're told from all directions how you're supposed to feel about something, where Mm -hmm. you're supposed to look. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So that is sort of like what we were talking about there. But we actually, this this other book that we have where Mm -hmm. we were, um, that uh, is a collection of photographs that we took on every couch bed or floor that we slept Mm on. Um, And we started doing that in Sea Blues. Um, That was something that we we just decided every place that we sleep, we're just going to take a self portrait mm-hmm. there. Um, and that was something that like we've continued to do until mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, we've probably done it in 50 different places, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. So the curated versus like, um, self created experiences had okay. a lot to do with just like, um, how you're supposed to feel about a certain mm-hmm. space based mm-hmm. on what that space has told you, mm-hmm. um, how you're supposed to feel about so it. The, so the portraits are pretty straight ahead. Yeah, the, the portraits are something that sort of came naturally but mm-hmm. also are posed in, in a way, but mm-hmm. also like we didn't necessarily, I mean, you can tell in some of them that we're really tired or right, really right. sick. Um, can you yeah. tell which photographs are yours and which are Yale's? It's very easy to tell, actually, because <laughs> she shoots with a Hasselblad. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah. um, yeah, it's yeah. That's like the one oh. cheat yeah. that we have. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Yeah. So basically, all the square photos are hers. So in terms of when you're working with somebody, it's joint book, joint effort, joint vision. Mm-hmm. How does the editing of the book go? How did that, like, putting the photos together and the sequencing, was it? smooth sailing or for the was most it, part yeah. it was pretty smooth we have like we are we're very very different in our work and this was actually the first time that Yael had really shot anything um just sort of like on the go mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. previously was shooting mostly in the studio and works more in a project and I don't really work in projects mm-hmm. that's really hard for me um but in terms of sequencing and putting the book together it was actually um Pretty mutual. I mean, there were definitely times when we disagreed and mm-hmm. had to compromise, but uh, and we worked on it for nine nine months, just wow. sequencing and putting everything together. We had um, everything on the wall at home, mm-hmm. so we lived together, mm-hmm. and uh, it came together pretty naturally. Like, and I don't really like working with people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> surprising, yeah, most yeah. artists love working yeah, with people, right, right. Um, but we get along perfectly mm-hmm. um and there were very few things that we like got into a screaming match mm-hmm. about it did happen but um it was pretty mutual do you envision working together on like more <laughs> books like this or do you feel i'm not sure we're what we're doing now is even more different than mm. 
I mean, we've always been very, very different in what we do. Um, but we, I mean, we travel a lot together and I, I can't necessarily see us backpacking again for three months and making a book, but, um, our, our practices independently of one another are still pretty collaborative with each other. Like we're, we are the person that we bounce ideas Mm -hmm, off of, mm -hmm. um, you know, she's the first person to see any work of mine. I'm the first person to see any any work of hers. But in terms of like directly collaborating Mm -hmm. again, I, I don't know. Um, I can't see it happening anytime soon. Well, you're young. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Long life ahead of you. You never know. I mean, I think it's, it's an interesting dynamic. We've had Yoshi and other couples as well Mm -hmm. too. And like working in that dynamic is always, I think something interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you you have something else common with a few other people that have been on the show and that's a very sizable Instagram following. Mm. Mm. And I feel, I don't know if I, every time this comes up and I go and I look at it, I'm like, how, what in the <laughs> hell? Should we go around and say how many Instagrams? No, no, because I don't have, I'm <laughs> terrible. I mean, I just like, but Pete Brooke had like 50,000. Sasha had like 50,000. You got like 30,000. Amanda had like 80,000. Clean is not. Yeah. I mean, how does that, how, obviously they told me, it's like, oh, you end up getting on a list yeah. here and boom, boom, boom. And then it just kind of Well, like the funny thing is too, it's like, okay, so when you're, I, so I was featured after I got back from Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom was featured and while we were there. And then as soon as I got home, I w- it was like the worst time t- to be featured, actually, because it was like the dead of winter and there was nothing nothing pretty to take uh-huh. pictures of. Um, but like, yeah, so I got featured. But the funny thing is, like, as as time goes on, like all those people who start following you, it's people who maybe open the app once. They're like, I'll try out Instagram and I'll like follow all these people who they right, tell me to follow. Right, and then they right. never... So, like, I don't necessarily get, like, a million likes on right. all my... Like, no one's... Not that many people are really looking yeah. at my Instagram. It's just, like, totally. a lot of that, like, to be very, very honest, like, that's... It's not really that many it's people like, who are so looking. It's, like, maybe, like, 3 to 5%, really. Yeah, something like that. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just people... Usually, it turns out to be people I know or people uh, who whose mm. work, you know, there's mutual respect for. Um, but, yeah, so... It, at first glance, it's, like, wow, 28.4 thousand <laughs> followers, but in actuality... Yeah. I'll be the first person to say it's not really that uh, many people. But it's great for marketing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially in wonderful. like editorial and yeah. like that world. Like, oh. I have no doubt that people yeah. who, you know, have considered hiring me for a job mm-hmm. then maybe go check out my Instagram. They're like, oh, she must be important. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I, for sure I know yeah. it, it It helps yeah. and, I, and I'm very grateful for that um, boost, I guess. Do but, you find a lot of photo editors following you? Like that you're working yeah, for? Yeah, more and more. More and more? Yeah. And how is it like, cause you have your editorial careers kind of yeah. blossoming here and like, how are you finding that hustle? Cause everyone who's worked in the editorial world that I know is always the most stressed out photographer <laughs> you'll ever meet, you know? Oh my God, you should have seen me yesterday. <laughs> I was like kind of in a whirl of stress, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, it's nice because a lot of, a lot of um, jobs that have come to me this year have been uh, people who we've sort of briefly cross cross paths on Instagram mm-hmm. or something like that. But um, just last week, someone um, at a magazine reached out to me and was like, hey, I've been following you on Instagram for a while and I like your work. Let's mm-hmm. work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's it's the most casual and not like probably least annoying way mm-hmm. to have people um, look at what you're doing mm-hmm. rather than like, you know, sending an email or like right. trying to do a right. meeting every right. six months or whatever, right. something like that. So 
it's a really nice passive way to get people to uh-huh. remember who you are. Uh-huh. So you so a lot most of your editorial work is portraiture, right? Yeah. It's become so, that. That's um so I think that's always interesting where you have your personal is like you're out roaming around and you're like landscapes and observational and then you yeah. move into where you make your living and it's yeah. it's portraiture. What how do you find that experience of getting assignments like, hey, you're gonna go make a photograph of this mm-hmm. person in their space or what mm-hmm. have you. Is that something that comes natural to you? Is it as natural to do that as it is to go and roam the streets mm-hmm. in Bangkok or is it? It's becoming more natural, mm-hmm. I think. I just, um, I've done so many portraits in the last <laughs> few years. Um, and it's like something that I, I never, I never, I was never trying to be a portrait photographer. Uh-huh. Um, and as I do it more, I, I'm, Something I really resisted in the beginning, I mm-hmm. would be bummed out, you know, if I got another portrait. When I mm-hmm. really wanted to do, like, reportage or some mm-hmm. kind of, like, I, I shot a sex convention um, mm-hmm. two and a half years ago, and that mm-hmm. was the most fun I ever had on mm-hmm. a shoot because mm-hmm. it was just, like, you know, a mixture of things. I like shooting portraits and still lives and right, all right. kinds of things. That's right. what, you know, bringing a story together from mm-hmm. mul- uh, multifaceted sort of um, positions is fun. Mm-hmm. But as I do more portraits, I I I find myself really getting into it um, because, I mean, there's a reason why people have like drawn humans and painted humans, mm-hmm. um, and taken photographs of the human face for mm-hmm. so long, mm-hmm. and it's because everyone can be photographed in so many different ways, and mm-hmm. it can be so interesting um, time after time. Um, but yeah, I think they're kind of starting to mesh together in a way that I'm liking. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. you, so back on the portraiture, yeah. when you, when you're working, are you, are you, are you very conversant, like conversational mm-hmm. with the subject? Or are you kind of like, no, I'm going to do my thing. Cause I know there's, I've seen a lot of portrait photographers, you know, you have the real chatty kind of mm-hmm. really kind of warm mm-hmm. you up. And then there's other ones. It's just like that wall mm-hmm. of kind of like between <laughs> subject and photographer mm-hmm. and they don't, really want that interaction. I'm just kind of, where do you fall in that spectrum? Um, it totally depends on mm-hmm. the person. Um, because sometimes like, I feel like there's an instant, uh, like chumminess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it totally depends on the person. Cause I, I've also shot a lot of CEOs in the last year mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, I'm like, let's go. You know, and it's just <laughs> yeah. kind of like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Uh-huh, like you uh-huh. sit there, do this, whatever. Uh-huh. And then like, we're out of there. Um, but yeah, if some people want to talk, I'm all about that because uh-huh. any way that I can get somebody to relax a little, mm-hmm. um, I hate being photographed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I hate being like, if someone were to sit me down in a chair uh-huh. and like have, have me sit there and <laughs> be, I don't know. I don't know how to be right, a subject really right, right. Uh, in like a formal setting, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, any way that I can get somebody to just like and have, you know, take their mind off of having, their having a camera in their <laughs> yeah, face. Yeah. yeah. Um, it totally, it totally depends. And like, I've met a lot of really cool people who were not so cool at the beginning, mm. but as soon as they like relax a little bit, um, it's fine. And it, I totally just play it by ear every time. Mm-hmm. So do you see, are you, do you envision yourself doing more of the travel work, trying to break into that? Or are you like, I think it's interesting where that, type of work can kind of go three different ways. It can be like kind of serious documentary 
work or it can be more editorial or it can be like kind of like the travel photography. Mm -hmm. Like it's the way it can break is really like it's, it can be very thin. So do you see yourself going out and doing more of like you said the reportage, the editorial, um, even documentary or do you see it more as kind of like travel photography? Um, travel photography feels very like, um, oh, travel photography just seems I don't ever want to be in a position where it looks like I'm trying to sell a place to right, somebody. Right, right, um, right. And the photos that I take are not selling anything mm -hmm, to anybody. Mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of the times, um, uh, I'm, I mean, for obvious reasons, I'm more interested in, in things that are um, not not quite so obvious and right. on the surface. But uh, I think it's less about like traveling and more just about what's what piques my interest mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i mean when i when i travel i'm most inclined to take photos just because i'm excited mm -hmm. by something mm -hmm. um so but i mean if somebody is gonna pay me to right, go somewhere right, and right. take pictures like sign me up but i'm know? just yeah i'm just wondering yeah. because i don't like I know you say travel and people cringe. Yeah, that's I'm, not I'm serious. Cringing over I'm like, here. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't see like I feel like there is like there's it can be done well maybe these mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like because it seems like there is travel at least in the Western kind of privileged world is like such a huge thing mm -hmm. for young people and it's like you got to travel and like there's this mm -hmm. huge industry around like motivating and inspiring people to go and I'm just wondering if there's more outlets for people that want mm -hmm. to see that isn't like your standard kind of touristy stuff so that's I guess yeah. that's what I'm angling at it was like hey this photographer has their own kind of vision mm -hmm. and they can show a different version of mm -hmm. Bangkok or New York City yeah and there are a lot of like I have, I have a couple of ideas of projects that mm -hmm. if there were a magazine, like a travel magazine out there who's mm -hmm. into this kind of like weird idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, call that travel. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I just yeah. want to shoot it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, like maybe that's a maybe that's an option down the mm -hmm. road. There's like a pretty big project that I want to shoot in China mm -hmm. and I am not opposed to um, a magazine giving me the money to mm -hmm. do it mm -hmm. and they can call it travel photography. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Where in China were you? I was in, just two months ago. I was in Chongqing and Chengdu, um, and I went there. I, when I was in high school, I studied Chinese. Um, I had this Taiwanese teacher, and she taught me Chinese, and I never used it um, ever. Wow. Other than like, I mean, I could understand things in Chinatown, and like, I could if I wanted to in Chinese, I could buy fruit or vegetables or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, I never used it, mm -hmm. um, and. When uh, Tom and I were in Singapore, he took a trip to China to make some personal work. And after that, I was like, I got to go. Yeah. I This is like, now's the time. Before I start to like, you know, five more years, I might forget, mm -hmm. you know, how to get around um, in Chinese. And so I just went for like 11 days. Wow. Yeah. Um, and if, yeah, if somebody will pay me to go back, I'll do it in a, in a <laughs> well, second. Well, we had John Francis Peters was on. Oh, He's yeah. done a lot of work in China. Yeah. He's just like, it's, he said, like, the Chinese people are so chill, but he's like, it's also on, you get into these big cities and it's like so depressing. Overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so crowded and like the pollution is so bad and you have like, but are those two, the two cities you were in, are they mm -hmm. on the south? They're in Western south, China. Southwestern, yeah. yeah. So they're like more of the, the, brand new kind of cities. Not yeah, there. so I think actually John, I was emailing with him mm -hmm. briefly before I went, and I think 
one of the places that he really likes is Chengdu. Mm, and mm-hmm. um, that's like, it's funny because that's sort of like a mid-sized city in China. It's mm-hmm. like this around the same population as New York. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And ch- the reason why I went to the other place, Chongqing, is um, like not that long ago, it was like a sort of factory town. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't a real, it wasn't what you would consider like a big city at all. And mm-hmm. now the larger metro population is around 29 million. Mm-hmm. So the reason I went there is because I was really interested in looking at like, well, what does that look, what does mm-hmm. that look like mm-hmm. when you, when you grow exponentially from this sort of nothing, like no one's ever heard of it, city to a place that's housing roughly 29 million people. Right, right. It's just really strange. And like, it's so, it's so unique to China. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe India, I don't really know of another place that's growing that rapidly. Mm-hmm. And so what I was just, I was just interested in, um, like visually, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, um, isn't it one of the largest like migrations in human history from like rural China into the cities mm-hmm. that's happened in the last like twenty five years? Yeah, like, it's unprecedented. Yeah, they like, were just talking yeah. on NPR this week actually about how they're encouraging people from rural areas to not move to Beijing, Shanghai, the the big cities. They're mm-hmm. encouraging mm-hmm. them to to move to the mid sized mm-hmm. to smaller cities. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're they're luring people with a lot of opportunities opportunities that um i mean rural china is so not a place that you want to be um as a chinese person because it's there are just not any opportunities and there's no way really to make money um but yeah Chengdu is like kind of an amazing really beautiful city and very nice and um like a just a place that seems like a pretty great place to live in china um and uh, actually, it's the same place where they have the panda breeding center, mm. um, which was the strangest, one of the strangest <laughs> places I've ever yeah. been. Um, I actually saw a link the other day that was like, um, at this place, there's a person whose job mm. t- is, it is to just hug the pandas. Hug the pandas? Yeah, oh. just to like hold them and cuddle them. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess with Bangkok and China here, there's a there's a theme kind of developing of you going out to... Asia, yeah. Agency. What is it? Is you are you gonna go to Japan? Do you feel like this is like you want to go other places? What is it about Asia and the East that really is, seems to be attracting you at this moment? I actually had no intention of like <laughs> going to Asia so many mm-hmm. times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it all really kind of started with like Thailand was not on my radar. I was like mm-hmm. that'd be a nice place to go to the beach or something, but mm-hmm. I'm not really a beach person, mm-hmm. so it was never gonna be a place that I like would go right, on my right, own. Right. Um, but going to Thailand with Tom like really opened me up to um to Asia in general mm-hmm. and then we went to Singapore and then I guess that that second trip to Asia like so quickly after that made me realize like oh I have this connection to China that I should really mm-hmm. tap into mm-hmm. and it all was just totally just this year like literally the last exact maybe year to the day mm-hmm. um that I've like had this interest in Asia I would love to go to Japan we were just talking about mm-hmm. Tokyo and I would love love to go to Japan Tokyo is like the top of my list and I think maybe why I'm so interested is like I I had done a lot of traveling in Europe and Europe is very different from the United States Mm -hmm. but it's you know it's a whole lot closer to the United States Mm -hmm. than than Asia is so um just visually I I was I was really interested in um in something that is just so 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 foreign from mm-hmm. from where I'm from, I'm I'm from the Midwest, uh-huh. um, 
So, I'll, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're from Which Missouri? Right? I'm from Kansas City. Oh, oh yeah, okay. cool. That's where my aunt Minnesota. was. Minnesota. Yeah. Ohio. 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 Tom. Tom, where are you from? Virginia. Virginia. Uh, He's a West East Coaster. Yeah. What is? Uh, I mean, I was in Tokyo in November, and the difficulty with being in Tokyo is the same thing like you were saying in New York. When a city is so iconic, been photographed for so mm-hmm. many years by so many different photographers, how do you say something unique? What mm-hmm. is the photographic tradition in China? What is mm-hmm. the reaction of people when they see this American girl walking around with her camera? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, well, hmm. I think, I mean, the places that, that um, I traveled to, it, they're not exactly tourist destinations Mm -hmm. so I think probably in Beijing or Shanghai it's more normal Mm -hmm. um I also the concept of like um staring is something that uh is you're not supposed to do here (laughs) but it's like totally off like people just stare in China Uh and it's it's not something to get offended by or anything but it's it's a little unnerving awkward yeah um (laughs) but I mean, I don't know if it had as much to do with me. I guess I guess me having a camera mm-hmm. adds to it, but just seeing somebody who's not Chinese in that mm-hmm. in those yeah. cities, it's probably pretty weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be like well, I don't know what it would be like because <laughs> yeah, right. the United States is so um so diverse that, mm-hmm. you know, you could be Asian in Ohio and it's like mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. Um but to be like a white girl walking around China. I don't even know if they would notice that I had a camera. It was just like, why are you here? I was. Yeah. I went to a basketball. I went to a professional basketball game, mm-hmm. um, and the people around me were not looking at. They were not watching the game. They're they staring. were just looking at me. Wow. And it was that was really strange. But also, I mean, if you think about it, like, why would I be there? Right. Yeah. Like, other than you know, it's people wouldn't naturally assume that I'm there to like work on a personal photo project. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, just like, exactly. why Weird. is this girl here? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like a lot of times if you dress the part of the tourist, you can get away with a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like, I try to look as low tech as I possibly yeah. can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and a lot of times if I, if I, if I were taking a photo of something maybe sensitive, which I don't know what I would consider sensitive, but, uh, if people are a little suspicious, I would, I'm, I've always just kind of tried to play the part of like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. What's that? <laughs> you know, um, because I also certainly like, I'm not the kind of photographer who's going to like, um, there, are, there are a lot of like street photographers who mm-hmm. really don't care about mm-hmm. like getting in people's faces and like making people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't like to make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also think that like playing the part of just like, oh, I'm like a naive, like, I don't know, this is interesting right, to me. Right, How right. strange. Um, that I think also maybe helps uh, <laughs> to get, yeah, helps to get people to, you know, maybe not be yeah. like, what am, I, what am I, do I look stupid right now? What am I doing wrong? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I try to wear my Cincinnati Bengals gear. Yeah. <laughs> like wear a camera around my neck. Yeah. In New York, I'll try and be like super sneaky if mm-hmm. I'm taking photos, but when I'm traveling, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I'm not helps. taking a picture of you. I'm taking a picture of the sign behind you. Yeah. Like, well, on that visual, I think we're going to take <laughs> a little bit of a break and we're going to come back and talk about some awesome books. Cool. 
<laughs> We're back. We had some awesome books. Thank you so much for bringing these. Yeah. We're excited always, to talk about them. Yeah, this is... Um, well, we, it's a good mix here. I think it's yeah. a good mix. Yeah. Lots to talk about. So the first one I wanted... To, there's actually two books. It's um, the Vivian Sasson. Um, the first one is Parasomnia. Right, and this was uh, put out by Prestel. When mm -hmm. was this from? Um, I actually don't know when this book came out. Maybe like five or six years ago. Because she's done how many books now? She's done like... Several. several There's In yeah. and Out of Fashion and then... Oh, I can't remember the other ones. 2011. Yeah, I don't know anything about American photography, so... <laughs> well, she's, she's no, she's, she's Dutch. Dutch. I don't know anything about Dutch, Dutch photography, so I can't. Dutch, and she <laughs> she does most of her stuff in Africa. Mm -hmm. Like, so she become very well known for like that, you know, her mm -hmm. work. And this is really more the fine art because she has the you know fashion, yeah. fashion stuff, I guess, that where she's really known for. So what? Why? Why do you have this book? Why did you bring it? So like, um, I'm actually not super into actual fashion photography and mm -hmm. at least in like the traditional sense of what we think about when we think about fashion photography or hi high fashion photography mm -hmm. um and that is very much her look mm -hmm. but it's the her colors and the way that she composes things is just so visually interesting to mm -hmm. me um my work has always been like um the color has always been so important to me in, in my work. Uh, and so when I when I look at this book in particular, it's just mm -hmm. really ex inspiring to me. She has such an interesting palette. There's really dark darks um, mm -hmm. and colors that mm -hmm. pop out of that darkness so well. And she also, like, she's got a lot of, like, the portraits are always people are in, seem to be in uncomfortable positions. Mm -hmm. Or she puts them in these... These positions where it's—I don't want to say it's awkward, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's it's unnatural. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah, it's the same. Yeah, references fashion photography in that way. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I when when you look at this, I don't—I don't. It doesn't scream like fashion exactly. photography. This yeah. feels like, you know, kind of feels like what you would say. You're, you know, I don't want to say bread and butter, but you're kind of like straight documentary yeah. portraits and landscapes and you know still lives and those sort of things. There's a, a lot of like crumpled angles, almost like mm -hmm. you balled up a piece of paper and like mm -hmm. the lines mm -hmm. that makes. Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell the the fashion influence though in the way that the photos are retouched. Like they look mm. pretty slick. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. Like super yeah, they professional are very slick. retoucher. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, but that's again in fashion everything is so fine-tuned and manipulated where nothing is really left to chance mm -hmm. where it's like so you kind of got that visually where you know she's constructing the scene but on the other end it does feels very natural mm -hmm. like this could be a lot of these portraits could be like well i have a feeling she set that up but you could see stuff where like no like it could become off as very you know casual type yeah. of portrait you know and obviously you know she where is she? Is she in Nigeria? Is that where most of her stuff um, is? I don't actually know where where the where she is in this particular book. Maybe mm -hmm. I should know more about that. Um, <laughs> you just but, like the pictures. Yeah, right? I just <laughs> love this book. It's something that I like yeah. after it came out. I let's see, when was it? Twenty twelve. Okay. Oh, well, okay. twenty eleven. Then second printing is twenty twelve. Yeah. 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 This is a book that I I wanted for so long, and then finally mm -hmm. someone knew that I wanted it really badly and gave it to me as a gift. Um, but 
at the time, yeah, I had just, I had flipped through it at the strand like a mm. hundred times. Um, but I actually don't know where, where the photos are from this particular book. Well, it's like, you know, I've seen tons of her work online, yeah. right? Like it's, she's one of those where it's, oh, featured there. And you see like the mm -hmm. same 10 or 12 photos. And then always when you get to the book, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's so much more going yeah. on in this oh, yeah. book. Like they never show, like they might show one of the still lives mm -hmm. of the landscapes here and there, but there's yeah. a lot of them in here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, thing like landscape photography or what have you. Yeah. But like that, those that part of those photos are just as important as the portraits. Right. You yeah. know, to, to kind of create, you know, she's working in that fine art space where she's creating this kind of fictional, fictional space. You know, using the natural world. That's very yeah. And there's a light touch to all of them. Like there's a like in a lot of them. Mm -hmm. There's like a something being draped over a plant or even like a body draped over another body mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. it feels still like very light um and i don't know just there's there's something like light and feathery mm -hmm, about it mm -hmm. no it's a beautiful book yeah. and that it is very it's one of those that you can kind of this is definitely the type of book where you go through multiple times and you kind of pick yeah. out a couple mm -hmm. different pictures it, it's interesting how you see the the photo will wrap around and the edge right. will be on the next page. Right, right. Yeah. I saw Uganda in the text. Yeah, Uganda. Uganda? So there's, okay. yeah, mm -hmm. there's, yeah, there's the, it's in, it's a short story by Moises uh, Isagawa. It's called Chameleon, I believe. I'm not going to read it. I guess Aww. I can. I'm going to read the whole thing. It? It's very long. No, I don't know. I don't, I would, I, need to be, <laughs> I would need to be more prepared. I don't know. Like, but if somebody gets it, they should. Taller glass of water, please. <laughs> <laughs> but you, so you have another book by Vivian, and this one's called Sketches. Yeah, so this is like a, a book that I just found at, at Dashwood here in mm -hmm, New York. Mm -hmm. And um, I was surprised. It's, it's such a nice little book with a very simple uh, little cover. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, I was surprised when I saw that it was her work because it just seems very like a like almost like a little artist zine or something mm -hmm. like that but it's these beautiful stacks of her um her polaroids, polaroids yeah um and i love how they're how they're stacked it's not like one polaroid per page there's mm -hmm. there's this like layer stacking and layering of the of the polaroids on top of one another mm -hmm. it's a, a really simple gesture but i like it yeah it gives a lot yeah. of depth to yeah I think it gives like more weight real. to uh, each photo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Polaroids made in Africa, 2002 to 2010. Wow. Mm. That's, uh, I mean, I think it's interesting, the stacking, because it automatically like, well, what are the photos underneath yeah. it? And so you can never really And you don't know if the, the photos fall. underneath it are the ones, the others that you're looking at. Oh, that's true. Like, I've thought that's about true. that before. Like, is it the same stack? And mm -hmm. she's just shuffling ah, through it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's enough clues. Raising questions. <laughs> Raising questions, yeah. No, I think I think it's, to me, this is the type of book you got to kind of really be into her, though. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody bought this as like a one-off, mm -hmm. like, oh, I've heard a lot about her, you'd be like, what? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like if you're into her books, you know the work. Yeah. Obviously, it's a sketchbook, too. Yeah. I'm very fond of sketchbooks, mm -hmm. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, this is, it's, it's one of those insights. And I, I think she's just very prolific. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, sometimes we talk about that. There's some photographers will shoot for 30 years and they'll come out with their one epic book. And mm -hmm. then there's other photographers who are making like books every single mm -hmm. year or a month. 
or a month. Yeah, <laughs> Sophie <laughs> Sophie Barbish makes one every month. I I don't know. I I tend my philosophy tends to be like if you have the impulse, make the book. Yeah, I don't know, who I cares? Agree. Like, oh, there's too many books. There's too many books. Like, whatever. There's yeah. too much art. There's too many. Eyes yeah, if you yeah. Don't want to look at exactly. It. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. And it, even if it, even if you just make it for yourself or you make it for a small audience, whatever. That to me is good enough reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I agree. And she's amazing. So. Rob Hornstra, man. Heavy book. Yeah. Heavy book. Uh, this is an insane project. We haven't, I worked with him a little bit on the photographer's sketchbooks. So we featured stuff from yeah. Sochi, but I haven't seen, I don't, there's been like how many different books from the project? There's so many. There's like 10 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. There's a ton. Did we, somebody else, did, did Sasha maybe have brought one? He mm, might have had one. Maybe. But I haven't seen this one. This one's an atlas of war and tourism in the Caucasus. And holy Yeah, smokes. this is like the big one. There's another yeah. actual, there's actually another version of this one mm -hmm. that's like $30 cheaper mm -hmm. or something like that. And it's like, it's almost the same book, but maybe it's just like a different edition of it right. or something. There's like, maybe there's less in it. I don't mm -hmm. exactly know what that one's about, but this so is this, like this the is big the, one. So this is the book, the This book. is like the okay. cumulative project. Um and actually, I remember, I think I was in high school when he and Arnold, is it Arnold? Yeah. Arnold Van Bruggen uh, announced this project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it was like 2000, if I'm remembering uh, right. Um, it, was it was like 2007 or something like that. Right. It was 20, when they announced Olympics. the Olympics. And actually, the website if you guys haven't been to the website, yeah, it is amazing. Sochi. It's bonkers, it's, yeah. It's the best website yeah. that I've seen for an art. Oh, okay. Yeah, because ever. he went right away. They were at this is like journalism, this is art. We're gonna go web and books and like we're gonna do everything. Yeah. We're gonna throw it into you. It's gonna be like not just about the Olympics, it's gonna be about history, it's about yeah. all these different like like they wanted like when I think of like epic projects, they're like, okay, we're gonna do an epic yeah. fucking project yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. And like this, this is, is it. This is the you most know? epic project that I could think of, at yeah. least in like at least in recent history, or at least off the top of my head. Right. And I remember I think I was I think it was my senior year in high school that like Rob posted like I I had been following his work, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. maybe on Flickr or something mm -hmm. like that. Um and he announced this project and it was like pre Kickstarter mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was when he was like, Oh, if you give me like $150, then you'll get a print. Right. Right. Like, right. There were all these different tiers of things to support the project. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's so genius. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. everyone should do this. No, he went, yeah, he went totally gung ho on yeah. like the, you know, the crowdfunding. Yeah. And well this was too. like way before Kickstarter even existed. Yeah. And I was like, that is so smart. Like yeah. supporting a project that you're like really into. And then like, mm -hmm. I don't know, getting something tangible out of it. Yeah. Um, and I also was like, I don't know. I was in high school. I didn't have any money, um, <laughs> so I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I wasn't able to yeah, like help do me. that. Um, but it was just, it's just crazy because I remember like even before they started, mm -hmm. there was all that, and then seeing this book now and having it be like an aperture project. Right. Um, it's just such a huge project. So each yeah, each photo has a caption, so like it tells a little. I mean, it's not just photos. Each one has like text and I'm you yeah. know, you have to go and read. I mean, it's one of those like uh, Peter Van Ackman's book where the text mm -hmm. is like you really have to dig into the text yeah, you have to and engage. read, engage with it. 
No, I mean, the photos are very nice to just like yeah. <laughs> browse through as I'm looking at here, but I, I would like to sit down with the text. And like the, po- the, the photos are, you know, they're very formal, kind mm-hmm. of like your landscape portraits. And But it, again, it's one of those projects where it's the marriage of everything. It's mm-hmm. concept yeah. text, um, photographs, a different variety of photographs. That's, that's what I really like about the project because there's like, there's a lot of um, projects that you need to appreciate maybe out of context or they're meant to be appreciated out of context Mm -hmm. um, or side by side with other photos or the beauty is that there's no context Mm -hmm. in a book maybe. Um, But what I love about this project is it's been a really long time since I've seen a book like this where it's this all encompassing thing Mm -hmm. where there's text and there's photos and there's, you know, uh, like you said, it's exploring all aspects of it. It's like um, the geography, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. social issues, mm-hmm. um, religion, um, all these things that come together to make um, the Sochi project right. what it is. Um, and I just, I just think it's such a beautiful book. And I love how actually in the back of the book, um, they have this sort of uh, little section that's kind of, a journal or like docu documentary sort of bit mm-hmm. on this. Oh, here's all the, oh, the bibliography. All the books. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So here's this, this, all the other books, Santorium. Like yeah. Other side of the mountains. So I've seen a couple of these. Yeah. yeah um, so one, and a lot of them are sold out now. You can't get them yeah. anymore. Like mm-hmm. if you go on their website or even mm-hmm. the aperture website, like they're just completely unavailable now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that they have this journal in the back because also as a photographer, I, love to see the, the behind the scenes stuff and mm-hmm. like the nerd in me is like <laughs> what camera did he use right. and all this stuff and like in the very back there's a picture of his camera bag and all this equipment and stuff like that and what camera did he use <laughs> what, what i can't even remember now that well I here's a this is a what is this oh, one? Wow. one was a little um it was a there's a four by five camera yeah used. there was a um is that a 35 well, he had this one. He was shooting this look like four by five. No, yeah, and the very last picture, actually, um, we've photographed it. Oh yeah. Um, it's like his yeah his camera bag. Oh okay, there you oh, go. Oh yeah, there's like a yeah Mamiya seven too. Oh yeah, there's oh. Mamiya seven. Horseman yes. forty five uh, large. Horseman. I knew I liked this. Book yeah, I knew he, I knew he was <laughs> in the cult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it takes on a whole new level. Yeah. And the eighty millimeter lens. Oh, yeah. sixty five and the eighty millimeter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he wins. Have yeah. you uh, have you seen the Kaizo Kitajima book by Little Big Man? It's called USSR nineteen ninety one. No. You haven't? I mean, no. Excuse me. No, 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 no. I haven't seen it. It's not uh, (laughs) it's not a well known book, I don't think, but it's just very similar vein, like a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kaizo Kitajima went to the USSR in nineteen ninety one and he photographed people in every single province. Mm -hmm. It was like what is the Soviet Union? (laughs) And then he just went out and like Wow. Yeah. Similar style, and um, the reason that I like it so much is because it, it combines text. Photos are amazing, but it was one of the last projects he ever shot on Kodachrome, mm-hmm. and so oh, there's wow. just like deep, that's cool, beautiful colors. Yeah. And I mean, the Caucasus region is such an interesting place mm-hmm. historically. That I mean, it's awesome that he had the foresight. I mean, I was in high school when this project mm-hmm. was announced, but. 
he knew that Sochi would be a contentious mm-hmm. place to host the Olympics, right, and right, so right. he was like very well prepared yeah. to go do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like in. to me. I was like, that's. I remember I wasn't in high school. I was like in my mid. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We won't say we'll get into that. But I remember when this came on. I was like, that is crazy for the Olympics. I mean, the Olympics are going to come and go, and like this guy's just going nuts. But I remember yeah. again for like the crowdfunding and all putting out the multiple books, and it was just yeah, he's. That that type of like mind to just have that obsessiveness mm-hmm. to do it. I'm like, I can't do yeah, that. Me personally, why I wanted you know, to look yeah. at like I love this book um, because I really, really respect people who can take something on and like uh-huh. really commit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tendency to get bored really easily. Yeah, I don't know right. if that's. I mean, someone might say that's generational or right. whatever, <laughs> but um, but I do. I, I like yeah. I get bored really easily, and when I see a project that like this that mm-hmm. someone has just stuck with for a really long time that's something i have a lot of oh, respect for oh much respect and it's yeah. like but that's like all social documentary that's why i don't dabble in it i'm like if you're going to do this i'm not going to be a weekend yeah. social documentary photographer you got to give justice to the yeah, exactly what well, you do you have to it has to you you have to take mm-hmm. it extraordinarily seriously and do it right i'm like yeah. i don't have that i can't do that that's not who i am so you got to stick to more of the fine art. Do you see yourself trying to do something like this? I would like, I would mm-hmm. really. Maybe not on this like scale, to, but I'm yeah. saying like. You I know. would like to think that I could do something like mm-hmm. that. I just, I mean, I actually don't know how much funding he got. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, my it's sad, but my first thought is like, how I need money for that, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like I would need to not, you know, obviously, like I said, I don't really, it's hard for me to shoot in New York. Mm-hmm, so I, if mm-hmm. I were to take something on like that, it wouldn't be in New York. And therefore I would need to like either move somewhere or right, like have right. tons of money. And <laughs> right. like, I mean, it's, it's sad that like my first thought is like, sure, if I had enough money, no, but, like, of course not. No. Uh, but yeah, I would love, I mean, I would, I, I really, what I like about the book is that it's just sort of like, like I was saying before about how the sex convention was so fun. Cause you can mm-hmm, come at it from mm-hmm. so many different angles or um, stuff like that. Um, but when I think about this project, like I think it would be so much fun to to just spend a really long time with something. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I have the attention span for it. Right. Well, not, maybe not now. Yeah. But speaking of, yeah. I mean, even the last book you brought yeah. is another one that's just epic, and this is, you know, Joel Sternfeld, American yeah. Prospects. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how many, yeah, exactly. How many yeah. photographers out shooting with those yeah. Mamiya 7s yeah. are just trying to be <laughs> Joel Sternfeld and never, <laughs> ever will be? Or Stephen Shore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. there's your debate. Which, who's yeah. Stephen Shore or Sternfeld? Sternfeld. Sternfeld. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, the thing with this, yeah, the Sternfeld photos is, yeah, they are epic. Like every single frame. It's just there's a huge story. I mean, it's a deeply layered kind of story. I mean, so many of these photos are like iconic too. You've just mm-hmm. seen them so many times. I it's guess when so, I was so iconic. yeah, I guess when I was looking through it, I was like, oh damn, I like this photo with the rock in front of. I love that type of picture, but even I don't remember all the amount of portraiture in here. And like I always like the, the captions are pretty important on his too. Yeah. I always look like where is that. I don't know. I mean, what do you say about this type of book? I mean, it's... Take it in. Yeah. When did you first uh, see this one? I think actually, um, I think the first time I, I like, I really 
dove into Sternfeld was my um, sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, I mean, I don't even know if they're still doing this at Pratt, but we had like, we looked at slides, mm-hmm. which oh. was mm-hmm. so awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so great to click through slides. And because mm-hmm. um, Pratt actually has kind of an amazing um, slide library at our, oh. our library on campus, mm-hmm. you could go to this one room and just like pull out these drawers mm-hmm. of endless slides. Um, and it was, it's so nice to see, see slides of like great classic work because mm-hmm. the color looks so good and there's light actually shining through it as mm-hmm. opposed to like a projector, a projector, mm-hmm. um, like a digital projector. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just like immediately struck me and I got super, super, super into Joel Sternfeld um, mm-hmm. early on. And um, his use of color, it doesn't hit you over the head, but it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, my senior year, uh, my uh, one of my best friends was sort of in charge of like organizing speakers to come to Pratt. Mm-hmm. And he was, we were just casually talking one day, oh, who would you, he was like, who would you want to come mm-hmm. If who would you be your dream if you could come have them come to Pratt and give a talk? And I was like, you know, Joel Sternfeld. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, we'll see. And then I paid no attention. I was very involved in like my thesis was mm-hmm. on February 27th. So as soon as I got back to school, I was like not paying attention to speakers mm-hmm. or anything like that. And it turned out the day of my thesis show was the day of Joel Sternfeld coming. He didn't oh, tell me, like, wow. I didn't know that Joel Sternfeld was coming. And so I like, Quickly, I was like, okay, I'll go to the talk and then I'll run back. And like my opening was like an hour later. Wow. So um, it was crazy because like I was so inspired and like so enthralled and then like quickly had to snap into like opening opening my thesis show. <laughs> it was like the biggest deal in the world to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joel was about to leave the building and Bobby, one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and Yael actually uh, like left quickly and Suddenly, they show up and Joel's at at the door. Oh with, wow! Like he's at at my thesis show, oh, wow. yeah. and um, this was yeah. like literally thirty minutes before the actual opening, and he came in and like mm-hmm. just talked to me about the work, and he talked about color, and it was like the craziest thing ever. Especially like it was a really important day for me, so that was like the one of the biggest things in my life that ever wow that ever happened. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and like, I mean, he was the nicest guy, and and I just I just love his work. I think he's so. I think his work is really mm-hmm. like understated but powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, did my he vote impart is, any advice on you? Um, you know, it was like it was less advice and more just like he said something like I had a good use of like I had a good use of color or something, mm-hmm. and I was like. Yeah, and also I I think I forgot ninety percent of what he said to me because right. I was so like I was oh, so yeah. like Jill Sternfeld. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but like the one thing I retained is when we like we were talking about color and that was the thing. But he didn't have any he didn't have any words. I mean, maybe you know what he maybe he had words maybe. of wisdom. I just don't remember them. Did you get his business card? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what his business card. Is. <laughs> it's always interesting. Where does he teach at though? Does he teach at Sarah Lawrence? Yeah, Sarah, Sarah Lawrence. Because Soth went to Sarah Lawrence and yeah. Yeah, so oh, it's like no big is a little deal. bit yeah, of a fan yeah, of Joel yeah, Sternfeld. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting about people like Joel Sternfeld. 
nobody knows. I don't know what he looks like. Like, mm-hmm. right? It, he's probably living a normal oh, life yeah. where, like, his friends and family, are like, oh, you know, Joel, he's a photographer, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. whatever. That's but my then, friend Joel. Yeah. He but then yeah. he comes. He yeah. comes to Pratt, and it's just like, like photo mm-hmm. nerds. Yeah, everyone is walking on eggshells. Yeah. Like, oh my. God, it's Joel Sturm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is funny. I actually have thought about that before. Like walking down the street, like nobody knows this guy's like mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was. I mean, isn't the same thing with like uh, who's the catcher in the ride? Jay Salinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he lived in some Long Island fucking town, or didn't he? And he was people walking. Oh, that's him. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't they know what he care. looks like. Looked like. Well, you can even like even in New York, you like. Walk by somebody super famous. Like, yeah. Wait a yeah, I saw you know Asker I mean? Carlson at a bar. Oh, I'm right. like, should I talk to him <laughs> yeah. or not? Yeah. But just being so intimate with someone's work uh-huh. and then meeting them in person, it's a cool experience. But do you sure. think you know the younger photographers because there isn't anyone under 40 who's not going to have their selfies exactly. or whatever, yeah. like be all I over social that media maybe, maybe and you that know. age is over unless someone's totally yeah. not partaking in any social media. Right. Well, of course there are those too. I mean, I love the photographers that come up with like, I'm 28 millimeter dude on Instagram yeah. or whatever, like Kodak Triax. And it's like mm-hmm. they're defined by yeah. like what? Why are you? Is there actually a 28 name? millimeter dude? Is that? I'm sure there are. Like you, <laughs> can, I sh- can I change my Instagram? You gotta go. You go look. It's like, I actually really account. like yeah. shooting with 28. You know. 28 for life. You know? <laughs> Especially in the city, you know, those crowded yeah. streets. Yeah, but it's interesting how people, <laughs> but going back to it, it's like you're trying to brand yourself. And this is one of my arguments I go back to on the street photography fools is that they're, <laughs> they don't know how to, like they're branding themselves in this way, and they don't think they completely understand how it's coming across, especially. Yeah. And you were talking about this before, like street photographers are aggressive and they get up mm-hmm. in your face. And it's like it's all these same type of dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're not interested in the photograph they're interested in the power dynamic Mm -hmm. and like having that kind of like asserting their authority on the street you know because they might not have it somewhere else and then they have to brand it as like raw and gritty kind of like street photography is like so utterly lost you don't know what you're doing yeah and like also like mariel and mark was pretty great and she didn't do it like she was like the most unassuming sort of right right um like not like the opposite of aggressive Mm -hmm. you know yeah, it's just like that way of, I mean, I've done that. And like, you know, I've shot that way for a while and done stuff like that. And like, it's the most regret I think I have. It's just like. Yeah, it's awkward. It is awkward. Like, A, <laughs> part of it is like you do sometimes get a picture and you see a picture and it's like, I'm just going to go and get it and fuck it, whatever, you know, deal with consequences. But on the other hand, it's like, well, that's really weird what you're doing. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's, well, it's also, weird behavior in public, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and I think also um, maybe, it ch- maybe it is something um, that we can typify now, but, like, I don't know. Mm. Was Winogrand like that? Like, but was right. he like the was uh, he, he like the photo bro before there was the photo <laughs> right, bro, right, you know? exactly. I oh, totally. So. I think he was. Wintergreen, yeah. haven't you seen the Met show? Yeah, yeah. But but his like, yeah. what is like fourth or fifth wife is like, what? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, like, you're wasting all the money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, you're talking about that long money. letter. That was a long letter. Yeah. But wasn't that he? Was he was like a bigger dude. So I feel like a lot of these people and with war photographers and street photographers, I don't know. Street photography is a very wide. Term, yeah, no, there's yeah. some very good there's stuff a, people are doing. Yeah. A lot whatever. of people are more like in your face, aggressive, mm-hmm. like adrenaline mm-hmm. junkies. And mm-hmm. 
I my flash accidentally went off one time when I was taking a picture of someone, and uh-huh. I felt so bad about it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, like you ruined I'm, their day. I well, ruined my day. Like, <laughs> it's really like yeah. In Manhattan, though, I mean, you can kind of like oh, did that? Like you're mm-hmm. photographing anything. You have to kind of really be like somebody's walking and you kind of like get right in their face yeah. and do that kind of stuff. But Winogrand is a total photo bro. Come yeah. on. Yeah, like, yeah. He was, he's like, like the prototype. But I think we right? think of him differently, obviously, yeah. because he's in a canon of photographers mm-hmm. who are not, you know, not 28 millimeter dude. <laughs> right, 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 you know, right, like right, before, right. Before that was like a thing, because it's uh-huh. definitely a thing now. Like, yeah. Like bro dudes out on the street, like <laughs> yeah. humans right. of New York style. Yeah. Um, okay. Woof. Uh, <laughs> His book uh, was at the New York Public Library, yeah. prominently really displayed. Yeah, I'm not too surprised about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. gotta say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Winogrand was, you know, photo bro. But yeah. it's not. He's not in a context of photo bro. Did yeah, you see that's true. the video interview at the Met mm-hmm. with him, where he's got his feet on the table, the t- yeah. and this woman is like, um, "It seems to me that your photographs are not cropped." Properly, <laughs> and he's like, "What do you mean? Yes, they are." <laughs> and I was just like, "Dude, he's just fucking with this lady. Yeah. He's being an asshole." Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, he probably wouldn't like him at all. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, but I mean, if you think you remove all that as like, also like there is, he is a photographer. Yeah. He's like, he didn't yeah, give course. a fuck. He was like, yeah. "I'm gonna take pictures. This is what I'm doing. It doesn't matter." Yeah. And like. This is what I do. Like that's it. So there is that kind of like yeah that bravado yeah. to him, but there is the other like deeply geeky photographer yeah. like, who's just like, I want to get my pictures. Well, we that's were, it. You know? Think that's about the where he's that. photographing, yeah. though. He's photographing in, like, the most boring area of Manhattan. Uh-huh. Like, I would never photograph where Gary Winogrand is. <laughs> Fifth <laughs> Avenue? Yeah, it's just like... His favorite place. Is there a nostalgia factor with Gary Winogrand's yeah. work? Like, Yeah, I would definitely think like that because late 50s, 60s, it's different. And America was changing, whatever, I think. But also... I don't know. I think like he, I guess maybe he's pushing back again. I don't know. This is really turning into a street photographer. I I think about these things like Gary Winogrand, what he was doing was awesome, but it's almost like the band Pavement where (laughs) (laughs) every every, like indie band that you Uh, listen to now kind of sounds like Pavement. And I never listened to Pavement until maybe a couple mm-hmm. years ago when I was in college and was doing radio. and Range I'm like, life, bro. I'm like, yeah. Pavement, dude, I've heard this song like a million times, but yeah. they were the first. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And like Winogrand and Robert Frank, like going to right. his exhibition, I always really liked Robert Frank. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Friedlander, come on, man. He Fried- was Friedlander like, is the ultimate like photo yeah. dude. I mean, he's like makes his own books, like still printing, at it. still at it. Yeah, like he's just, but he mixes it up. So I think... To me, I wonder if back then the vote, how this, how do you actually see these type of photos? So you see them in a photo book or an exhibition. And there's a lot less exposure to it. Like these days, like we can look at a lot of Japanese photography mm-hmm. and like you know Daito Moriyama or like all these guys in, Is that in the Japan. Only Japanese photography. I know, yeah. of course. I'll leave it to you, the expert. But like you can see different type. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah, always yeah. like, it's the vocabulary. It's not just like. 28 millimeter yeah. on yeah. Fifth Avenue mm-hmm. and shooting wide angle with multiple people. And others, you can shoot a landscape mm-hmm. and you can mix all these different types of photography together. And like that to me is like what I'm most interested in. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be like, just make that one type of picture a million mm-hmm. times. Like that's 
boring to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, I guess I, I'm always more fond of like Eggleston's like democratic forest. Like anything's kind of fair game mm. if mm-hmm. you're out in public or whatever. Yeah. But kind of have to have a purpose for going out and doing it as well too. You know, yeah. <laughs> why are you doing it? Yeah. Only you can define your own purpose. Well, I mean, unless you know, you're lucky enough to where people are reviewing your you. books and like, oh, <laughs> people, but that, that's very interesting that you yeah. thought that way. And yeah. It's like, yes, yes, that's I was. Exactly what I was that's thinking. exactly what I was thinking, <laughs> what I was going for. Yes. Yeah. It's like, no, it just looked cool, man. Like Eggleston. Yeah. It's probably just going around just, oh, wait, this is a sweet fan. Click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now people are buying that work for yeah. thousands of dollars. Like. But there is that part where it's just, and we talk about this often, it's like, well, I just like photographs. Mm-hmm. Whatever, man. If it's a good photograph, it's a good photograph, and fuck the contacts. I don't yeah. know. I just like the way it looks. <laughs> yeah. I like the color. I like the tones. And, and that's fine. And that's fine, yeah. you know. Singular experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's why photography is so interesting. It can be complex or it can be very simple, you know. There's yeah. a really cool Eggleston book that I bought on e- eBay, or maybe it was Amazon, but it's called Faulkner's Mississippi, mm-hmm. and it's excerpts from William Faulkner and then William Eggleston's work that he shot in Mississippi. Mm. Mm. And that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really interesting book. So what's uh, what's on your agenda? What's next? What are you doing? Where are you going anywhere this year, um, 2016? I'm actually, I'm going to Brazil oh, uh, nice. next month. Where? Uh, not sure yet. Right. Um, oh. I'm going with Tom. Oh, also. really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I have those projects, so the, the big project I want to do in China, um, mm-hmm. uh, that's like still in like a idea stage. Um, but other than that, I just like editorial has been sort of editorial work has been occupying my life in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is really hard to balance like work personal work and work work, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm actually very excited by the way that editorial is mm-hmm. kind of like on my personal agenda at the moment because mm-hmm. I see every issue as an opportunity to, um, to, I don't know, take, take photos in a way that I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I try to do that with every shoot. And I have found actually that just becoming technically better and well-versed in many different situations as Mm -hmm. making me better Mm -hmm. uh, um, as a fine artist. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, at the moment, like just shooting a lot of editorial in order to inform the rest of my work Mm -hmm. is really exciting to me. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the thing now. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for bringing these me. books. Yeah. You brought some heavy books. Yeah, to the you show. brought some heavy books. <laughs> brought the big ones. That's okay. We like it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests, and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, we'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. 
Special thanks to Eddie Volanti and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>